Vital Educators podcast is hosted by self-development coach, investor, and renowned educator, Ahmed Saqib. Ahmed will speak to fellow educators, young professionals, ordinary people like you and me about their life choices that allowed them to become successful in their careers. He will also delve deeper into the psychology and their perception of success, the good, bad, and the ugly. For young students, he will discuss techniques to help you with your learning and development. Ahmed is committed to helping you determine what you want to do in life. He will share his own life experiences of self-discovery and self-realization that has led him to launch this venture. So this podcast is for anyone who wants to know more about various paths to becoming successful in any profession or passion. So welcome everyone to the podcast. This is uh, Zada and I'm leading the podcast today. I've taken over just for, for this session. And today I want to talk with Ahmed about the direction of life that we've chosen to take. And I'm not using uh, generalisms. I want to talk about specific ideas that we've, we're, we're aiming to tackle today. So welcome to the podcast, Ahmed. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. What a weird <laughs> feeling this is. <laughs> it's all right. Um, so Ahmed, to jump straight in, what are your aims of life? Um, I think my aims of life starts from the idea of benefiting mankind in ever which way possible. Now, we can go into specific as well. But um, mm. but like I mentioned to you in the last podcast about three versions of a man, I want to achieve my my third version. I think I'm very much in the first version where I am uh, thinking about myself solely. Uh, when I think about the community, I want to think about other people. I want to be able to benefit everyone and hence why I've started this venture. Um, so that's what kind of drives me. I want to help people in a nutshell. Okay, but be more specific then. So what exactly do you want to do to help people? Um, uh, there's a, like you said, uh, last time when we were talking about this, there's a, there's a lot of, uh, um, there's a lot of aspects of life where, um, where my, where my help or any of the expertise I have can be used. Um, so what I did was when, in order to find out who I am or what I, I'm meant for, I sat down, um, and to be honest with you, uh, Brian Tracy talks about it in eat that frog he says the write down the top 20 things that you're good at and you can be paid for write them down and he goes mm. you it's it's an extremely hard thing to write 20 things down 20 and um yeah he says but keep going spend long time keep going i mean i'll i still show you the list i i've only got like 10 things down on there uh mm. some of them were like teaching biology chemistry physics maths uh being able to speak uh philanthropy entrepreneurship business taxes economy trying to understand certain aspects communication so there's loads of things that are where i can i can i can do youtube podcast whatever so i sat down and i wrote all these things out and uh, yeah. and then uh, it, it made me realize where my expertise are what i enjoy and how i can benefit the world and this this is how i came up to this venture i don't think there was another there was any other option left for me at that point after that to do anything mm. else hence why i quit my job to do this as well okay so right now are you talking about your the education venture you're talking about or the, the housing thing 
um, a, a bit of both, to be honest with you. I realized that I need to, uh, in order for me to help anybody else um, in, in life, I, I live by a philosophy that you should be able to help yourself out first. Because if you are protected mm-hmm. yourself, I cannot save somebody, uh, I cannot help somebody get on the ship for, uh, if they're drowning in the sea. I have to be in the ship for, yeah. uh, for me to help them come up on the ship. So I have to look at myself. So and the housing and the property and these investments are for me to save myself as to who I am and what I can do to benefit everybody else. Uh, so that, that, that part sense. is separate to helping everybody else. So that's why the education venture is where whatever expertise and things that I'm learning in in my life, the things that I'm doing, are things that I'm learning uh, that I'm watching other people do as well. How I emulate them into my life. I want that to be an educational adventure that I want everybody else mm. to be a part of. Okay, let me ask you a more specific question then. Please. With your ed- education venture, mm-hmm. um, what problems are you aiming to solve? Great question. I looked at when you and I were, well, we're still in education, but we had a certain perception while we were being educated, supposedly in schools and in colleges and in universities. When we were there, we had certain perceptions of what an education looks like. We, well, I specifically had um, an idea that education finishes uh, once you go to university and once you graduate and once you start a job, there's nothing, no else, there's nothing to learn. There are no more exams. So I want to challenge that norm. I want to challenge that idea. I want people to understand that education is a lifelong commitment. Education is goes hand in hand with anything else that you do in life. It's like sleeping, eating, taking a shower, going out for a workout. Education is that essential part of your life that helps you in your growth. And that's the, that's that's what I want to achieve from this venture. I want to actually challenge the perception, the current perception of what an education is today. And I want people to become more familiar with an idea of lifelong commitment, lifelong education and acquiring of knowledge, basically. Okay, okay, okay that sounds great. But what made you like, like I've talked about my own missions in life. Uh, and mm-hmm. I'll talk about that here on this podcast. But sure. focusing on you, what made you want to focus on education is a bit of a like a random thing to focus on. Okay, so uh, so uh, the real epiphany hit me. The, I shouldn't say epiphany. I think a real when it hit me was uh, when mm. I graduated from university. And when you graduate from university, it was um, I still had questions that I wanted to ask myself, like what am I meant to do now? Where is my life going to take me now? Uh, by being in work for two years, I felt like my life wasn't going anywhere, and uh, I feel like th- that was. The, re- the reason that was is because I wasn't striving to improve myself. Only by committing myself to learning different aspects of life would allow me to grow in every part of my life, not just career-wise, but from a spiritual, mm. physical, mental, uh, emotional perspectives. I can grow myself by acquiring education. And then I looked around and f- figured out, why isn't why didn't my mom do this? Why isn't my dad doing that? Why isn't everybody else around mm. me doing that? And that made me realize, wow, um, this is an untapped resource that we all have um, that we never really focus on. And we always, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, we always put, uh, we always keep it in the, yeah, we always settle and keep it in the back of our minds. And we never really um, challenge ourselves to grow. And I wanted this to be a mainstream thing, basically. Hence why I started this. So it's not it's not um, some lifelong desire that you've had. It's more from the last couple of years of events that made you want to yeah, focus absolutely. on education. To be honest with you, 
um, life life is a, such a mysterious thing because all your aspects of life change as you grow up. I mean, um, I'm sure you you'd had the same. You were talking about it in the last podcast when you and I were talking about this. You said to me that um, before I just wanted to be a doctor. Now I look at the state of the world and it makes me realize what I can do with all the knowledge and expertise I have and how I can benefit mm. the world in a more better way. And I kind of went through the same motion where I looked at the state of the world and I figured, well, there is a hole there. There's a big hole. And I think that's the root cause. I think a lot of people are struggling is because they are not educating themselves. And I know it sounds like, I feel like I'm saying this word way too many times, education, education, education. I feel like, I feel like I'm, I'm okay, repeating worry. myself, but believe it or not, it's, it's, it's an essential part of, of human life. I mean, I remember, I remember when you learned something, this, I remember you and I, when we were uh, reading about chemistry um, back yeah. in A-level and we, whenever we used to understand a concept, whenever we fully understand like moles, I remember t- reading mm. about this, you went, ah, so uh, that yeah. ah moment was such a profound moment for you that you had mm. actually learned something, your soul it was such a what's the word i'm looking for such a uplifting yeah uplifting and oh, no i'm uh, um subconscious reaction to it if you know mm. what I mean. so that mm. what i'm trying to say mm. is that your mind wants to learn your mind wants to do these things your mind wants resistance it's just that we don't okay. yeah sorry go on no so that's that's fine and i understand what you're saying okay fine however i disagree with what you said about five minutes ago you said that when you were working because you work for uh, a pharmaceutical company mm-hmm. basically selling Anyway, you were selling products, pharmaceutical products to, to medical practitioners. You yep. said then, when I spoke to you back then, that you mm-hmm. wanted to be like the top of the game in that industry. I did. Yeah, of course. Of course. To so, be honest with you, at some point. Yeah, go on. So my point is that you said that it was unfulfilling and it was and you had no motivation within it. But I don't I don't think that's true. I think you were highly motivated within your field. Okay, so uh, there's two aspects of it. Um, I, I, first of all, like you already know, everybody changes when they go through these uh, these lives. So when you get a job like that, when you're earning 50 grand and you realize your boss, who's the director of the company, is on 200 grand, you start thinking of, mm. of the idea of, oh my God, I can get there. So I should really stick yeah. it out and I should do this no matter what, whether it's good or bad, just carry on. And uh, I looked at myself like, okay, by... Mm. I asked myself the question by being in this job. Yeah, great. I'm making a lot of money, which is really benefiting me. Um, but how do you, am I, am I helping somebody out? And I, I remember asking this question to my immediate manager and she, I love her. She's an amazing lady. She doesn't like me of course, but uh, and for obvious reasons, I, I, she really helped me grow into a man that I am today. She said, like, look, you're still helping out other people. You're still helping out businesses. You're still helping out uh, medical practitioners by giving them a better choice of drug. So, uh, so I asked myself that question at the time, and that's why I had this perspe- perception that, okay, I can still help out people. I can still do my nine to five and I can still make loads of money. So it hits all these boxes. So yeah. I should stick it out basically. Mm. Okay, what makes you more fulfilled? That job, let's assume that, because things didn't work out your way for whatever reason. Let's say mm-hmm. that they did and you were progressing up that ladder compared mm-hmm. to, inshallah, like your you'll progress in your education, vital educators as well. Mm-hmm. So why is one 
more fulfilling than the other or they're just different great question i'm i'm glad that you asked the question because i was going to get on to this i mean i was asking myself the same question that if i if i am if i was so good at my job then and i was doing it for a long period of time ie 2 years and i was benefiting everyone why leave that and do why should mm-hmm. why educators great question the answer to this question is that the idea is to a bring value to somebody's life and i wanted to take part in an endeavor i've always been entrepreneurial always have been um always had the sort of mindset mm. um and i always so the question i asked myself which adventure which avenue brings most amount of value to other people's lives which brings most amount of change which is the one where i'm more in control which is the one where i can have the most amount of impact would you is- not argue would you not argue that biochemistry was that your actual education background would have been the most you, so you, you mean being a scientist uh, being a scientist being in a lab you're right you're right but um i had to also look at maybe i look maybe i was good at biochemistry but i don't think uh, in terms of educating it in terms of propagating it in terms of creating a dialogue around it yes i i would consider myself to be good but if you really take me in in a lab and shut me down and tell me to do experiments i'll be absolutely horrible at it absolutely horrendous mm. and uh, my nobody can vouch for this more than my teacher who or my supervisor who was like ahmed this is not you're not cut out for this he literally, literally said that to me and i've really? done that told you straight yeah. yeah and he was he and i i was oh. the one who did a masters at it dude i worked my ass off and he was like you're not good enough mm. he said it and and is it so it's not just about theory it's not just about what problems are there in the world and how can we fix it it's more the fact that am i personally suited to fix it because if you're not yeah. then you're not going to yep. do very good 100% 100% you're 100% right this that's, that's a different way of thinking about it actually yeah mm. well well obviously i'm glad that uh, i had those experiences because uh, had he not told me obviously my mom still teases me about it because i remember coming back home being proper sad and uh, and 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 what's the word digilent no what's the word d demotivated i guess deflated deflated, deflated. yeah, deflated, words, yeah. yeah. Uh, and um, and and I, i said that to my mother and my mother's like he's right and my mom even teases me today as well like look you never you never do the you never do these cuz um, i have a very expansive mind um i'm a quite mm. I, i don't know whether you can speak when you speak to me you can get an idea that i'm quite an extrovert um so by, yeah. by being <laughs> I, in a lab i do get that <laughs> <laughs> by being in a lab uh, i have to be a, a very introverted and very i need to sit down in one place and focus and i can't do that my mom still believes that i have adhd so I mm. so she thinks that she she said I agree with that with that with your supervisor and she still teases me to this day Ahmed you cannot ever sit sit down in one place what is wrong with you remember you can can't I ask do you about the lab like, like sure, is sure, a lab yeah. like the movie so I've never actually spent much time in a lab is a lab like a movie or is it more fun than that when you say like of oh, that's weird because in the movies they're really fun in uh, let me tell you what it is. lab is yeah lab is literally a bench Imagine a bench, yeah. right? You know, sitting. Remember our chemistry lab. You remember that lab, right? You have a mm, bench, yeah, yeah, and you have a tap water which you can clean your hands, right? Yeah. And on that bench, you have a beaker, you have a pipette, and you're just sitting there all day long, just playing around, recording results. That's what you're doing, and then you go home and you write a report of what you did today, 
and then you come back the next day and do the same thing, but you do it slightly differently mm. or because you didn't get the results the first time. And you carry on that for a whole three years. And at the end of the and at the end of those three years, you write a thesis and you said, Okay, my PhD is completed, and they quiz you on it. Okay, you did this, you did this. So why did you do that? Why did you do that? And that's your viva done. And here you go. You got a certificate saying you, you're a doctor now. That's what and what 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 might someone achieve doing that? Uh, ideally, uh, by sitting in a lab, uh, you're doing in vitro uh, or in vivo studies. You're grabbing a mice and you're 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 you're, you're working and seeing effects of a, ideally a drug on a mice. My job specifically was to isolate a protein called EK6, 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 actually EK6, uh, and mm. uh, is this is a protein which is uh, uh, which could be used as a marker to counteract. Uh, um, uh, tuberculosis in uh, uh, which is a multi-resistant tub- t- tuberculosis actually um, so we were looking for a new drug marker so this is before you even get get to the drug position before you even start you need to identify a uh, a, uh, a protein in a bacteria you need to extract yeah. that protein from the bacteria and then you need to study mm. the structure of the protein and looking at the structure of the protein you need to design a drug so all of this so let's say so yeah. okay. I, I'm just saying, that? like, uh, all of this is needed. So, uh, to be honest with you, in order for you to counteract tuberculosis or any other disease for that matter, you need to start from the very basic. And I was on the front line of that. And I, I hated being uh-huh. on the front line. I hated being the soldier, the guy who gets all the blame, the guy who is never able to isolate the protein in its pure form. Yeah. So I realized. So let me let me take a step back. That. Let me take a step back. Yeah, go on. So there's someone like me. I'm a bit of a like um, idealist, I guess. Uh-huh. And so I look at the world and I think, oh tuberculosis exists hopefully one day someone will remove tuberculosis from the world Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. and then i think oh i'm a bit of a nerdy kind of guy Mm -hmm. and i'm into biology Mm -hmm. maybe i can do it but it's by the sounds of it it's more complicated than that if you want to have a purpose in life you need to see do you fit if you want to find a solution to a problem you need to find you to think am i actually capable of being happy finding that solution because fair enough that everyone wants to get rid of tuberculosis but not everyone wants to sit in a lab for three years that's, is that would you that, say that that's right that's a that's a fair analysis but one thing that i was going to say to you if you had if your desire of eradicating tuberculosis from the world is bigger than you being in a lab or you being stuck in a place i think mm. the desire will override your your uh temporary um hatred discomfort. yeah discomfort mm. and you, and you will you will carry on i did not have that i didn't have the patience mm. and hence why i suffered um i like to think that i did suffer uh, but at the end of the day that suffering taught me something and because it's taught me something i can discuss this with you and hopefully anybody who's listening to this can benefit from this sort of discussion mm. and i'm sure what if somebody will what if you get what if you get paid loads of money to do that job would that have changed the dynamic Mm, I this is very similar to the question you asked me yesterday imagine you said there's different types of jobs and you could do yeah. the hardest job um depends how much money i mean if you people who do you know this if i was to tell you how much so for you to do a phd on this right and to carry on doing mm. this as you get 15 grand tax-free if you do this yeah 15 grand that's it i know a year okay uh, <laughs> mm. and um uh, and if you become a postgrad, that goes to what twenty five grand, maybe thirty grand. You mean a post PhD? Yeah, post PhD. Sorry, not postgrad. I apologize. Postdoc. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. So 
So just and, 25 grand. Yeah, to 30 grand. Uh, and then by the time you become a professor, uh, that's a joke. Man. Yeah, you, you reach like 50 grand. Being a teacher and a lecturer is just horrendous, man. It's really, uh, this uh, is a, they, a, they're, a not separate, valued, they're not valued in this. Yeah, industry. exactly. I was reading a book, um, that same book I keep I keep mentioning is uh, something about Utopia, I can't remember the title, uh, it's all about said, Utopia. Yeah, yeah. You, you told me, uh, it's called Utopia for Realists, because I read it with when I was in Jordan, Exactly you, you that gave one. it to me, remember? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that book, he mentions that um, the fields that are like, you've, you find that in this coronavirus pandemic as well, that the fields that are really necessary for civilization to put to work are actually fairly underpaid, and it's these abstract, weird techno non-useful things like banking that turn out to to be paid the highest and and be bailed out the most we're kind of inversing what we should be paying people but um anyway that's a that's a that's a that's a point that we should tackle in education in, in primary school if we teach the kids what we value we value teachers and doctors then when they grow up and become politicians and voters themselves and they will vote ideally to to improve the working conditions of these people and the fact that scientists i mean science is undoubtedly critical to our progression of of the of progression of life on, on this earth um the fact that we get be paid postdocs 25 grand is obscene mm, it is yeah <laughs> but anyway but the- i was gonna say to you um, you were, you were, I interrupted you earlier. So you were talking about education and you're talking about science. So you've talked quite a lot about science, which I appreciate, but what is it that took you away from science and took you towards education in particular? Believe it or not, so I know education is important. Believe it or not, nothing really took me away from science. I'm still a student of science. I still study science. But the funny thing is, uh, even when I was doing biochemistry, I used to sit down in uh, space on my own and study black holes. So there was no... Really? Yeah, it's such a weird... Um, dude, I, uh, think about it logically. Uh, uh, think about a black hole. How can you contract yeah. mass into an infinitesimally small area? And you create a black hole. Like, how is that even possible? You create mm-hmm. something that is has infinite density. And you and I have done this mm-hmm. uh, uh, calculation: density equals mass over volume. So imagine you yeah. you imagine your volume is um, your volume is is basically zero. Okay, zero. So you're yeah. dividing you're dividing by zero, which is not allowed in mathematics. So mm-hmm. all of your mm-hmm. ideas of mass and physics completely break down. Um, in uh, when you talk about black holes so anyway uh, so i've always been um i've always been a student of science i always enjoyed reading and learning about science um anything that we discussed today uh, from a economic pers- economical perspective or a banking perspective everything ties in together into science as well we don't really promote Value. Yeah, value or promote being teachers or nurses in our society mm. or doctors. First of all, I would say that we definitely value doctors in our society. And I'll tell you why that is. The reason everybody wants their kids to become doctors. When I say everybody, I mean 90% of the population. Asians. Yeah, well, brown people. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Because A, it's highly paid. And B, you get to help out people. So it's an easy one to recommend. Recommend, yeah. But nobody mm-hmm. recommends a teacher. Nobody recommends a nurse because it's not, it's, it doesn't pay that well, even though it's extremely yeah. valuable. It's extremely, extremely valuable. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you another thing as well. I've, um, I get this question a lot, and it's a good idea for me to address it as well because we're on the same topic. Well, people say, okay, you want to be an educator? Why not go and work in a school? Why do this? Why? Why not? Yeah, why not? That as well. Yeah, and that's a that's a great point. But let's look at the teachers of today in those schools right now. I mean, mm. 
at what level they are themselves conscious what what level um are they actually teaching the stuff that we you and i are discussing in this um discussion right now at what point do they teach the kids uh, about taxes at what point do they teach the kids about entrepreneurship at what point do they teach the kids about value of science if they, if you're telling me y equals mx plus c and you're not telling me what the concept of y equals mx plus c is what's the concept of mm-hmm. a, 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 an equation of a straight straight line why do i need to learn learn this if you're not telling me that if there's no context of it there's no point in me learning it and that's why you see the the level of education keep going down and down are you do you know this uk is one of the worst countries yeah. in 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 maths right now it, it um i'm teaching a year seven kid right now you wouldn't believe this bro uh he's a year bro. seven chinese kid okay so he's supposed yeah. to be by conventional standards i'm not being a racist or anything by conventional standards he's supposed to be the smartest guy in maths and me a brown okay. nobody is teaching him maths right and I, if i teach him mm. do you know the bus stop method where you do like a normal when you draw when you write numbers and you divide the numbers a long division long division indeed he can't yeah. do that he can't do long division and i'm sitting down with him he's like mm. my teachers never taught me this so if you're going to bring in that kind of teaching in society if you're not going to have good standards of teaching in this in the society i don't want to be a part of that 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 school system i don't because i don't think by being a, a no, surely no you are surely you're promoting the exact same thing with vital educators you're promoting people to pass the exams not quite i'm i'm promoting people to question what they're learning and learning it with utmost uh, honesty but at the same time if they can't learn it and and or they don't find any affinity towards it they have to sit those exams for example if um somebody who is very good at english but horrible at maths like their brain yeah. works with english only but they still have to pass maths so i will tell them look learn it whatever you can so you can get at least a grade c or and above in maths but always keep your focus on english because that's where your lo- lo- love is that's where your heart is that's where you're really going to grow so would you say that teachers don't do that i don't i don't think that they, they, they do to be honest with you they don't in normal comprehensive school systems especially the kids that i have come across they don't even care mm. honestly it's ridiculous and is that part of your passion is that part of your aim in life to make my, those kids care no my aim in life is to make those kids realize what their true value is and how can they use their own talents to help out the world that's my passion mm. that's what i want to do Would I, you not say that in line with the ethos of a of a traditional school? It is uh, a traditional school is based on Ofsted reports uh, on the idea of how well they are performing in exams. Uh, and mm. I I personally think a normal school does not really focus on anything else. Discipline that's a massive problem. I mean, fights mm. breaking out in schools is is a normal thing. Uh, people carrying knives, people. kids i mean when i say people uh people doing kids yeah. doing drugs these are the issues people are dealing with nobody is really dealing with why these kids are doing what they're doing because you realize that, that, that most of these kids are spending so most of these kids are spending their time either sleeping in bed or when they wake up they go to school and in their school they are spending all these times with their mates really they get to interact with their parents my mum and there's a there's a thing in our culture as well that your teacher is your second parent after your parents yeah. your teacher is your second yeah, yeah. parent so teachers need to realize that they are second parents and they need to act like second parents they need to resonate But with the kids teachers would argue back saying that they're not 
it's not physically possible to be a parent to 30 kids at a time. You're 100% right. And this is the reason where we need to look at the education system, the whole system, where we are dumping 60 kids in one class and expecting those teachers expecting those teachers to do justice to their vocation by teaching these kids and helping them out equally there's a reason why i'm doing these private coachings with these kids that lack self-confidence that they nobody mm. none of their teachers have ever told them that they have the capability to, to be something more important in their lives they none of them actually did that so from my perspective this is a silent epidemic that needs to be addressed but i think people don't care neither obviously kids don't even realize that there is a problem but would you not? Too young I would to argue that it's it's more efficient to do that through politics and to maybe like it sounds it sounds crazy, but maybe maybe not crazy, but to aim to become uh, the secretary of educate of education You're and right. to influence right. policy to 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 encourage good schooling because the schools are there, the teachers are there, the kids are there. They just need a bit of guidance, and the teachers themselves know exactly what you just said. It's not it's not a novel idea. It's not a new thing that you just thought of. Like a lot of almost every single teacher will complain. There's a miserable, crippling depression that's hitting the education education sector because everyone's aware it's the same problem. They're just jumping through hoops, ticking boxes, and pushing the kids to the next level. Everyone knows that, but the problem is that the government doesn't seem to. They argue it's financial. It's a financial deficit that's causing the problem. That's what the government will say. We don't have the money to to give you one teacher per ten. 10 kids we only have enough to give one teacher for 30 therefore what you want us to do about it here's a supply teacher instead okay. you know so, and so that's the government okay so there's two things you've said the first thing that you've talked about is the government's argument now i can easily um say uh, uh, if something is an imminent issue I'll answer that question. If something is an imminent issue right the imminent issue is uh, right now is coronavirus and we know that we cannot survive without it. We have to tackle this problem, okay? And if okay. we look at it as a pandemic right now, and we need to we need to stop it spreading, yeah, we are acting mm -hmm. whatever we can to make sure that that is taken care of. That is, so we are printing money out of thin air to support that venture, whereas we won't do that for education. We will always I agree. With an, agree. with an idea of saying, hey, we don't have enough money. When you can print out th money out of thin air to bail out the banks, $136 billion, but you won't do that to your education system. What are you talking about? Not you as in, I mean, the, yeah, the I people agree. who come I agree up. With you. So the politics uh, aspect, I'm not shutting any doors whatsoever. My job, uh, my mission that I've made in my life is to benefit the world um, uh, or benefit the young generation, the people who are behind me in any which way possible. So the larger the scale, the better for me, really, because it'll give me the avenue to help. Being a politician is not out of question. I would embark on that once i have something to deal with something that i can embark mm. upon look if say say again say i'm 40 years old and i've had this company for 13 to 14 years right i can come okay. i can say that look i've i've been in education i've been in the sector private education sector for such a long time and i've worked in different avenues i've helped out so many people this is my way of saying i can use this to benefit society on a larger even larger scale so that's you, where you that's where I'll look at who's, who's had uh, uh, real life experience. That's what you're trying to say.
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't want to. I, I don't want to be a politician as a career politician. I want to become mm. a politician just so uh, on the on the back of this company uh, to benefit society. Mm. My, you know what my main aim is um, uh, to go. So, uh, it's really weird. I don't, I didn't, I didn't want to tell you this because, but we're on the podcast anyway. I wanna, I wanna launch like NASA, but for Pakistan. I want to do that because I feel like I could see a sea of potential in a country like Pakistan from not from a yeah. tourism perspective, uh, but also you, uh, there's so many clever people in Pakistan. I mean, uh, for example, the person who has the most amount of A's in A level, 23 A's, uh, is Ali Nawaz in Pakistan. 23 A's That's in 23 crazy. subjects. Yeah, I know. And uh, he's so, and Malala Yousafzai is another example that you have. There's loads of mm. people, even current, or uh, uh, one of our Nobel Prize winners actually did a lot of work in. Uh, he actually used to go to, uh, his name is Dr. Abdul Salam. Well, his name was Dr. Abdul Salam. And uh, he was, he was, uh, yeah, he was a nuclear physicist. So uh, yeah. at Cambridge. So these people have done a lot, and, 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 and I see there's a lot of potential. Um, I think I was looking at it about uh, our literacy rate is about, I think, 87% or, or 80. I just want that to be 100%. So there's a lot of uh, mm. uh, potential over there that we can obviously explore. I mean, imagine giving an can, opportunity. Can I stop you for a minute, though? Yeah. It sounds like, because oh. you, you, the average life expectancy is about. 80 odd 80 90 let's say mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. you're 27 already so in the next say 60 years what exactly mm -hmm. do you want to achieve because surely you have to be a bit more specific than starting a space program in in pakistan educating everyone 200 percent becoming a politician and having successful vital educators like there's a lot of say. i feel like you haven't got i feel like you haven't got an aim i feel like you're kind of machine gunning everything you see interesting okay so the aims can be divided into three types of goals you've got an immediate goal um you've got um a medium term goal and you've got long term goal my immediate okay. goal is to make this venture a success my medium term goal is to be a politician and help out on a national level my long term goal would be to occupy or, or, or have so much influence around the UK that I'm able to set up a space program, possibly in Pakistan or any other country for that matter, that needs a space mm. program, that needs engineers, that, that can work on different um, startup tech companies in Pakistan, like have like a Silicon mm. Valley of Pakistan, basically. So who's to say I can't do all three? Uh, say 60 mm. years, no, 20 right, years, right. 10 years each. I think I'm, I'm, I think I'm good to go. I think I shouldn't have a problem, mm. to be honest. I would you. say that in life, like I'll, I'm gonna talk about myself for a little yeah, bit please, now. Yeah, so please. I want to, I, I want to, for example, have my name somewhere in science, like written down that mm -hmm. I've done something permanent. For example, if I become a surgeon, then I want to invent a technique that is used. However, I don't mind being uh, doing that as part of a collaboration, mm -hmm. i.e., being part of a team rather than just doing it as a solo mission myself, mm -hmm. because. If you want to do something particularly um, good, then it normally takes team effort. So would you not mm. say that, that that sounds more sensible to even take a proportion of the success rather than the entire success? So, so for example, I for yourself, say that you want, you want to educate a single village at a time rather than You're bring right. the literacy rate of 100%. There's a saying, there's a saying in English I think maybe it's in another language, but it's been translated in, 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 in English. He said, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. Mm, that's a nice saying.
Mm-hmm. If you want to go fast, you go alone. If you want to go far, you go together. So my whole point mm-hmm. is that I'm I'm 100% green with you. I don't care about the the success I have. I'm caring. I'm thinking about the legacy I leave behind. When I die, how do I want people to think about me? That's what I want to. Mm, that's what. I I, that's the question I want to. I want to answer. So it, uh, it it doesn't matter. I mean, I, I was looking at G H Hardy. So when you go down, okay, yeah. look look at it. So he came up with the Hardy Weinberg principle. But look how what else he's known yeah. for. He's he's the guy. He was a professor at Trinity College, Cambridge. Okay, he came up with mm-hmm. Harding Ramanujan uh, asymptotic formula. He he did the critical line yeah. theorem. He did Hardy Littlewood Tuberian theorem. Hardy space. Hardy notation. Mm-hmm. Hardy Littlewood mm-hmm. uh, Littlewood okay. inequality. Hardy's inequality. Hardy's theorem, Hardy Littlewood circle method, Hardy field, Hardy Littlewood zeta function conjectures. So this guy has done so many different things. In so all of these are all collaborative efforts, as you can see. Well, most of them are all collaborative efforts, and for that he got. But they're all in the same field. He's uh, a mathematician with me. Mathematician, yeah, mathematics. Yeah, that's that's what he. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. He, he did he did work on. But what I'm saying is that all of these were collaborative. He was a guy who sat in Cambridge. He's a guy who sat in Cambridge, and he. Banged out maths basically mm-hmm. nonstop for the yep. entirety of his life. Yep, yep. That understandably breeds success in mathematics. It won't breed success in space programs or in various mm-hmm. other things. Do you know what I mean? So, for example, if you were born obsessed with spacecrafts and that's all you thought about, then I can understand how you wanted to set up a space program somewhere. Mm-hmm. But if you're spreading out your ideas constantly, which you are, which is fine, nothing wrong with that. But then to to I feel like you're. I'm going to say it directly. I feel like you're setting yourself up for failure. Okay. That, because I appreciate, you're, appreciate you being honest. No, because I think you're being unrealistic with what you can achieve in a human lifetime. Okay. And also what it takes to set up and the purpose of a space program. Can I, can I talk a bit about North Korea for a second, about their space program? Yeah, and yeah. So the reason North Korea has nuclear weapons is because they have to starve their population to get enough money to make it happen. And Kim Jong-un's betting that if he has nukes, that people will give him charity money, basically, because he doesn't want, he'll use it as a threat to bomb other nations into giving them money or mm. giving them resources. Like and that's what he, his, his, exactly his entire dynasty, his father and the father before him, actually, I don't know how many, father, uh, it was great granddad who, his granddad or basically his family, his family line has been working on this for 50 years now. Mm. And that's the only thing they have in that country. They have nothing else but, but nukes. They have no food. They have no infrastructure. They they got half a hotel, and that's about it. Hmm. Yeah. So if Pakistan wanted to do the same thing. Pakistan is in crippling debt at the moment. Imran Khan is barely. He's the best politician they've had probably ever, and he, even he could barely you know raise the country out of poverty. Because what can you do with with a with a poverty stricken country other than start start with debt? Now the only way Pakistan's going to start a space program again is if they take the Kim Jong Un route. And start threatening people. Say we're going to nuke you unless you do it, <laughs> or we're going to send, we're going to send terrorist squads out unless you give us food. And that I don't think is a very honourable way of, of 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 a country existing. Now, what? F- so, does that kind of factor into your thinking? Okay, so I appreciate you saying that to me. But before, uh, so let me address the first aspect that you've talked about. In in a nutshell, you just said jack of all trades, master of none. That's what you. <laughs> that's not that's what, what you, I said. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's essentially what you implied. I mean, I was just saying, yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Don't worry. Um, let me let me explain what. So let let me take let me take a, a genuine entrepreneur as an example, a tech entrepreneur that you and I both look up to. Um, Elon and, Musk. 
Yeah, there you go. He started off with PayPal. Yeah. Uh, got nothing to do with mm. Tesla. Got nothing to do with Tesla, and he jumped mm. on different ventures. He failed a lot in, on a lot of them as well. I'm not saying mm. I'm not scared of being being a failure. I am. I'll embrace failure because failure will teach me mm. things that success can't teach me. So I am. Mm. I'm. I'm in my head. I'm preparing that I'm going to fail at some point anyway. But the whole point is okay. that what I'm going to learn from this venture. Now you're you're saying that I may fail at this, yes, but at least I can say that I've tried. I've I went out there and I did something about it. Um, with now coming on to your question about uh, being uh, having a space program. Now, uh, from my perspective, whenever you have a, a group of people that are a pool of talent, and you are looking at that pool of talent from far. and you have to sit down and analyze what these people will be good at okay what mm. what these these people who have who are talented but have an empty mind have no goals something that they're looking towards right now is just to put food on the table that's their initial okay. thought Uh, me as an entrepreneur i can take that i can i can provide them that i can provide them the idea that look you can put food on the table if you work on this venture with me by building up the space program or not just a space for or the tourism tourism industry you know so me bring in some infrastructure and the entrepreneurial or capitalistic approach in the country can actually boost the economy of the country automatically anyway because it will provide jobs to people so that, that would sense. that was that's my initial uh thinking behind opening up a space program because i think a it does two things one it is extremely technical so it, it forces people to become engineers it forces people to become um uh i'd say financially literate it uh, it forces people to become extremely technical that increases mm. because they're extremely technical that increases their demand not just in pakistan but across the world because their demand increases across the world the universities automatically get be- gets better okay because the pool of mm. talent that's coming in is getting better okay then pakistan what what starts to happening the education sector start benefiting from this one aspect you have a trickle down kind of like a domino effect or a ripple effect into other industries as well so that's my mm. thinking behind this i'm not saying that this is going to be a success i'm saying it's a long term plan i'm not saying that i'm embarking on it right now i'm not saying that i'm sitting on my bed and i'm dreaming about a space rocket going to mars from pakistan but if in india mm-hmm. which i i personally i'm not using india as a oh look they have done it so i have to do it kind of thing kind of like one up in yeah, yeah. them but i use india as an inspiration they were able to send a rover to mars yeah. in under 100 million dollars under 100 million that was that was less than the budget of the movie uh, martian that's crazy isn't it yes. yeah I, I, everyone's really proud of india even though the craft crashed everyone is still really exactly. proud of india and people are still poor there but they have a technological hub they have their silicon valley in bangalore they're doing amazing works i mean who's to say yeah. and and india the reason i compare pakistan to india is because the pool of talent is very very similar the people speak mm-hmm. the same languages they have similar cultures the way of thinking is very very similar except the fact that they hate each other which is ridiculous yeah, yeah. Uh, but i i use india as an inspiration to to and me being a pakistani of course i'll i see that and and i see what can be done and what i can do to to exacerbate 
um, that the same industry in Pakistan as well. And there's and the biggest thing from from an entrepreneurial perspective as well, there is no competition. Who else is going to come up and open a private space program in Pakistan? No one. Yeah. So so what I, do you know what the situation is with the space program? Because I know obviously you have that what they call it the Salam project or yeah, something. It's, where it's they... very non-existent because Pakistan uh, has very uh, how should I say very uh, immediate concerns in terms of finances. So they don't really pay mm. a lot of attention. All they do is spend crazy amount of money on their military. So they spend crazy amount of money in buying different weapons from different countries. They they are they do definitely work in creating more weapons uh, so that they they can strengthen their their, their army. Uh, so they so they can negotiate themselves better. And and of course, to be honest with you, from a, from an economical standpoint, it kind of makes sense when you're negotiating with another country. You ha- because you have yeah. a big military power, you can use that as a as leverage essentially. But, um, mm. but I can't really I can't really comment more on that because I don't really involve myself in Pakistani politics too much. I think I'm staying in this country. I love this country, and I want to learn from what's going on in this country. So my parents okay. involve themselves too much, but I don't like that at all. I don't like that you are attached to Pakistan and the country that you're in. You're not being a part of it whatsoever. So what's the point of you yeah, being? You know, I, I agree. I agree, and I think uh, my wife Nafisa has emphasized that point to me as well. I think she's even more. Like not nationalistic but patriotic than I am. But anyway, okay. So would you say it's fair to say that your life mission, therefore, is to build everything up to set up a space program of some sorts in Pakistan? Mm-hmm. I, I, you could, you could say that. The funny thing is, um, this is funny. When this podcast started, I wasn't even thinking about what you're telling me right now. I wasn't even thinking about a yeah. damn space program. But because <laughs> yeah. you've asked me these questions, and I'm very thankful to you that you've asked me these questions because it makes me think about certain aspects of what I'm doing in my life and where my life is going. Because when you do these things, when you carry on in the way you're going, you kind of lose perspective mm-hmm. of time. And next thing you know, you're 15 years old and you've wasted your life away. Or I shouldn't say wasted your life away or you're just stuck in the same thing and you haven't really grown. So having these sort of discussions with you and doing these podcasts allows me to to think about what I'm doing and how I can benefit the world even more. So I appreciate that. Mm. Thank you so much. I think it's very important. The reason I I enjoy this topic so much is because it's such a... um, good mind exercise to to practice mm-hmm. why do i get up in the morning you know people ask these questions when they're upset but i think it's important to ask these questions regularly whether you're feeling upset or feeling happy because you need to have an object an objective with your existence mm. i hope you enjoyed part one of this awesome interview please check out episode 22 for part two where zada and i discuss philosophy of life and how that ties into spirituality in our quest of becoming best versions of ourselves. This was Vital Educators Podcast by Ahmed Sakeem. Hope you enjoyed. Please follow or subscribe for more content every week.